This episode of EM Weekly has been archived. The ideas presented by the former host of EM Weekly may not reflect or represent the values of the Readiness Lab and the Doberman Emergency Management Group. Out of respect for the guests who contributed to this episode, it remains available online. EM Weekly starting right now, bringing emergency managers from around the world together to learn, share and collaborate. Good morning. Welcome to EM Weekly. Uh, I almost said EM Student because that's usually what I'm talking about. But to give, welcome to EM Weekly. I am Daniel Scott. I will be your host today. Um, Todd DeVoe, our regular host, um, is unavailable today. So do me a favor if you're watching right now, if you're tuning in, write in the comments how much you're going to miss Todd. Um, he, uh, I mean, he's sad he can't be here today. He's uh, trusting me to take on uh, take on today solo, which, you know, it's a big honor for me anyway. Um, but uh, today we are going to be uh, talking about, uh, and it's kind of in my wheelhouse, students and, and how, um, how they benefit uh, the future of emergency management, but what they can do now uh, to help them prepare for the, the future of, of working in, in EM or learning more about EM, getting more hands-on experience, um, or capitalizing on their students and their, their um, educational experience. So today um, we have um, some members of uh, a branch of IAEM student uh, membership uh, today. So what we're going to talk about is IAEM student chapters offer experiences that cannot be had in the classroom environment, offer students the opportunity to grow both um, personally and professionally. The student chapters also give students the opportunity to network with specific employer markets and with other students of similar interest. The experience gained through IAEM student chapters can help focus career aspirations and appeal to employers uh, when they are making hiring decisions. IAM student chapters offer leadership experience that is, a crucial, that is crucial for college students who are entering the field of emergency management. Leadership experience can include leading a project in a student organization, becoming an assistant or working under an executive member or just giving, uh, giving additional options. These chapters exist all over the country, but today we are going to be talking to Professor Rob McDaniel and Stefan Babin from the Florida State University chapter um, of the IAEM student chapter. So we please welcome Stefan and Rob or Professor McDaniel. Good morning and welcome to EM Weekly. How are you two doing this morning? Great. Great, Dan. Thank you for having us. We appreciate it. Well, thank you for agreeing to come on the show and talk about this this uh, subject. It's a, very, it's a great subject, and I appreciate you taking the time to do it. Appreciate, number one, just you um, also uh, taking the initiative to take part in this type of program as it relates to not only um, emergency management in general right now, but the future of emergency management. So <clears throat> let's begin by uh, first stating, so Stefan, I'll, I'll go right to you. You're the um, so you're the president of this chapter, correct? And so tell us tell us about your chapter and and what it is that uh, you do for the chapter. Sure. So yeah, basically uh, we are focused on emergency management networking uh, for students. We want to make sure that students have access to you know hearing from professionals currently working in the EM field, whether that be in the public sector or the private sector academia, uh, and we have speakers who cover a variety of EM topics, right? We so our first uh, kickoff speaker for fall was Brock Long, former head of FEMA. Um, basically, he spoke on the future of disaster response in relation to COVID-19. Todd DeVoe uh, was another speaker. He spoke about the California wildfires. Um, we've had you know numerous other speakers, uh, multiple former directors of the Florida Division of Emergency Management. 
um, various private sector professionals. Um, we did a, a joint event with the economics club where we had a public administration professor at FSU speak on the economics of disaster recovery in relation to Hurricane Michael. And so uh, we basically want to make sure that students here at Florida State University are able to interact with professionals currently working in the field, um, both in terms of learning, you know, if there's a specific talk they're giving on a specific topic, and also in terms of personal networking. Um, some of our students have found like internship opportunities with Ashbrook Environmental, for example, uh, because of their CEO, Brittany Perkins Castillo, speaking to our chapter and making some connections. And so um, beyond just, you know, the classes and then the textbooks and all, all that sort of stuff, which obviously is necessary, uh, this chapter exists to make sure that students can interact very actively with current professionals in the field. Well, you said something uh, very interesting. So does, you know, I'm a huge proponent of internships. Uh, went through one myself when I was working on one of my degrees. So um, do you help students gain internships experience? Sure, to an extent. I, I mean, the, the preferred uh, method at FSU is the Pathways Program, uh, which is sort of a career development class that the FSU uh, Emergency Management and Homeland Security Program does to, you know, teach students the ins and outs of proper career etiquette, you know, the, the workplace uh, structure, um, professionalism, things of that nature. Uh, once students go through that course, it's a one credit hour class. Once they go through that, they are then um, able to be placed into an internship uh, with the various connections that the EMHS department has, such as, you know, with FDEM, various private sector firms, Volunteer Florida, things of that nature. Um, so that, that definitely is the preferred method uh, for students at FSU to be placed into an EM internship. But, you know, luckily we have been able to uh, help some students involved in the chapter, you know, get internship opportunities. Uh, Brittany Perkins Castillo, who I mentioned earlier with Ashbridge, she just, she came to us, she wanted to speak to our chapter and, and, and basically filled us in on internship opportunities that Ashbridge had. Um, I know a lot when Rock Long spoke to us, they uh, sent out uh, Haggerty recruiting material uh, to the email list. And so, you know, Pathways is the preferred uh, method for, for obvious reasons, uh, the, the professionalism development. But yeah, we're, we're very fortunate to have uh, some of our speakers reach out to us about internship opportunities with their firm. Very cool. Uh, so, Professor McDaniel, with your with the program there at, at Florida State, what is the 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 exact name of the program, and what um, do your students that enroll in that program and go through that program, what do they gain from uh, from the program itself? Uh, well, thanks again, Dan, for having us on. And uh, so, our program is slightly unique in that uh, we've been around for a very, very, very long time, as uh, many of your viewers. Uh, probably know that the, uh, the North Texas has had the longest standing uh, higher ed emergency management program in the nation. And uh, I think we came in uh, a little uh, in second place to them. Uh, but we've been around so long that um, even before the professionalization of the emergency management field, um, uh, our, our program was around even before then. So uh, we have been focused on certificate programs. In other words, um, as you know, uh, a, a, a diverse workforce within the EM field has always been viewed as a positive thing. Uh, and so uh, uh, we look for uh, majors from all across the uh, spectrum of, of degrees at, uh, at, at FSU. Uh, and any one student can come into our program and get what we call a certificate in emergency management, um, which gives them the basics for getting into the career field. I think the strong suit um, that that uh, we bring is the is the experiential learning 
related to the internships and so forth that uh, Stefan was just talking about. Um, so we have a, a, a couple of different certificates. One of them uh, is focused on um, the U.S. intelligence uh, community um, because that national security is a part of what uh, uh, protecting people and protecting serving people. Um, we have a, an unmanned aircraft systems program as well. We're the drone guys on campus. In fact, um, our uh, team has been down at the uh, Miami condo collapse for the last three weeks, providing them literally round the clock imagery um, for the urban search and rescue teams that have been uh, valiantly tried to find um, uh, people alive. Um, and then of course our emergency management certificate as well. We also have a very, um, a very robust um, academic program in um, uh, terrorism studies um, that is led by my uh, colleague, uh, Dr. Audrey Cassillet, who is a, a nationally renowned expert in that. Um, and so we, 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 we kind of cover the spectrum there a little bit. We, uh, we were given a mandate during the uh, COVID lockdown to uh, come up with a degree. Uh, and so we're going to, we're moving towards that uh, because we do recognize that, um, that uh, the professionalization, professionalization of the uh, career field is, is uh, got to come in. People now are looking for that. So that's what we're going to provide. Very good. Thank you very much. So Stefan, the, um, how did, how did um, your, your chapter uh, adapt to the COVID, you know, the COVID, the responding to COVID, the COVID shutdowns and, and uh, so forth? Sure. So yeah, um, a little bit of background info. Uh, back in 2020, early 2020, a little bit before the virus lockdown started, the chapter was unfortunately defunct. Um, I, I had learned about the existence of the chapter through uh, Dr. Janet Dilling's Fundamentals of Emergency Management class because she mentioned the chapter in an intro video for the class. And so I emailed her. I was curious about being involved in it. She told me that it had sadly gone defunct because basically just the past leadership a year or two back had graduated. There was just no one to pass the torch to, uh, sadly. Um, and so, so I told her I'd be interested in getting involved. I, I had had some prior student organization experience. Um, I was vice president of the economics club at FSU for a year. I was president for two years of like a Christian pro-Israel organization. And so um, I was fully prepared you know, from those experiences, luckily, to be able to help revive the chapter. Um, I reached out to Bobby Dougalby, an advisor in the e EMHS department, uh, who used to be the faculty advisor for the chapter. And he was a big help uh, with, with being a guiding light and getting that process going. And so um, Professor McDaniel and I, we actually went to a conference in early 2020. It was just a month or two before the, the virus lockdown started. For It was a conference for the Florida Emergency Preparedness Association, uh, which is basically the premier uh, EM networking association in Florida. And uh, some other students, um, Lucian Conti, James Reisner, uh, Ben Redifer, uh, we all went on a scholarship because of an essay contest. And uh, it was an excellent experience. We networked with so many professionals. And many of the professionals that we met there were able to be speakers for the chapter later on. And so it all worked together so well. Um, some, some of those students that you know I went to the conference with ended up becoming officers in the revival of the chapter. And you know, so basically once the, the virus, you know, situation was here, um, we just figured we do meetings on Zoom, right? We just have speakers on Zoom. It's just as simple as that. And and luckily it worked out great. Uh, like I said, our first speaker for fall was Brock Long, a former FEMA head. Uh, and we, we had, you know, I basically, what I did, I, I took the model of the economics club, which is what they do is they do biweekly meetings 
with economic professors and sometimes outside speakers speaking on a variety of economic topics. I just took that model, applied it to IAEM, figured let's just have the variety of EM speakers speaking on a variety of EM topics. And also it's networking potential for students, um, you know, as, as much as those speakers are, you know, willing to network, willing to speak about opportunities at their firm, you know, besides whatever topic they're speaking on. And uh, so, yeah, we just went with a bi-weekly speaker model, uh, did it on Zoom all year. Uh, we've even been doing it this summer uh, with some speakers, which makes sense because hurricane season has recently started and uh, it's worked out great. And then so I'm helping the incoming group of officers kind of figure out probably a, probably a hybrid model of sorts. So if speakers are in Tallahassee or they're enthusiastic enough to come to campus here, they could do in-person meetings uh, because much more things will be in person this year at FSU. Uh, but if they're out of town or they're, you know, they feel more comfortable with Zoom, then they could also speak on Zoom. And so we're kind of figuring out a hybrid model. And uh, I guess I guess you could say the entire experience has been a uh, very timely, uh, very fitting exercise in uh, adaptability, uh, if you'd like to word it that way. So with the with the additional chapters, there's chapters throughout the country with the universities. Do you work with them at all and in conjunction on any projects? Uh, we haven't this year. Uh, we've mostly just focused on reviving, on on building up a membership base. I mean, we we've had good success with that. We uh, the email list we built up over the course of numerous events over the past year. It's ne nearly two hundred people now. Uh, we have a very active group B chat with over forty people in it. And um, basically, yeah, we're mostly focused on our own chapters revival. But we're willing to work with future chapters in the future for sure. Daniel, let me also add uh, that uh, the reason that we got to know uh, Todd. Uh, Todd DeVoe was uh, through the conference that uh, I took Stefan and those other students to and why we find ourselves here today. So uh, um, uh, it was uh, it was a good thing that uh, that we got to know him and we're pleased to be on his podcast. Well, Todd, being a professor himself and being one for, for many years, he's a proponent of, uh, of teaching the next generation and also promoting the current current generation of EM and making you know the professionalization of emergency management a, a priority. Um, we're gonna we're gonna go to break, but when we get back from break, I'd like to talk um, and get get insight from uh, both of you on where we feel EEM is currently and how uh, and where we think it's gonna go in the future and how we can help uh, professionalize um, professionalize the um, EM uh, industry and those who that enter into the profession. So after this break, we'll come back and we'll talk about those questions. We all know emergency management is dynamic. What you need to know and do can cover all kinds of fields and change on a dime. When choosing a partner, you want someone just as dynamic to help you keep up. The Mid-Atlantic Center for Emergency Management Public Safety is just that, a FEMA partner and one-stop shop for college academics, custom training and consulting. They cover it all and bring you the best of each. So whether you're looking to start your degree, go back to school, train your people, or anything in between, they're here for you. See what you can build together at frederick.edu backslash M-A-C-E-M-P-S. That's M-A-C-E-M-P-S. The Outer Limit Supply Company was founded on the idea of providing high-quality first aid kits. Their goal is to supply the life-saving equipment you'll need to mitigate the majority of injuries often seen during austere times. From minor injury on an outdoor adventure with your family to your team responding to a major traumatic event, Outer Limit Supply has the kits to manage most situations, providing practical, 
user-friendly first aid kits that anyone can use. Enter Ian Weekly, all capitals, at checkout and save 20% off your total purchase. Go to www.outerlimitsupply.com today. That's outerlimitsupply.com. Power outages can happen at any time. Is your community prepared? The Power Up Solar Power Charging Trailer can be used to address the need for temporary power for your community. In addition, the Power Up Solar Power Charging Trailer can provide a platform to support your public information and community resiliency outreach efforts throughout the year to educate and inform people about the need to always be ready. For more information, visit PowerUpConnect.com. That is PowerUpConnect.com. And welcome back from that break. And we just like to thank our sponsors for um, to, for choosing EM Weekly and the EM Weekly, Weekly family to uh, be your sponsors uh, of, of your products. And if you go check those out, um, uh, let them know you, you you heard them on our on the EM Weekly podcast and the EM Weekly family. Um, um, and uh, uh, we couldn't do what we do uh, today without them. So welcome back, Stefan and um Professor McDaniel. So I want to lead into a, a new direction with with what this chapter uh, could potentially aid to the uh, EM profession. But where where we think EM in general is going right now, and I, um, I'll turn it over to y'all. Let this stay Stefan first, and then uh, Professor McDaniel, you can uh, follow. Where do you think EM currently is? Like how how we feel like how, how it's benefiting the world really, but our country. And where do you feel it's going, or may need to go uh, to? to amplify what it is that we do. So I would say there's definitely uh, an increasing professionalization uh, for sure. Um, the announcement that there's going to be a degree coming with uh, the FSU EMHS program is a very welcome announcement. Um, more people need to be going into the field, whether they end up going into public sector with you know FEMA or FDEM or private sector with Haggerty or Aspirate or IEM. Uh, there's, there's a growing need, obviously. Uh, you know, disasters are getting more costly year after year. We saw with the COVID situation that there's, you know, expect the unexpected, I suppose, is like the key phrase. Um, absolutely, we need to be prepared for things that we don't even see coming, uh, which is obviously is an ever challenging, you know, obstacle we face, but we have to we have to be there. There's people are relying on us, right? Their properties relying on us, the environment's relying on us. It's, it's a vital profession for society. I mean, there's no question that society cannot go out without emergency managers. Uh, society cannot go without disaster response, disaster recovery, um, this stuff dra dramatically affects people's lives. And so there's only going to be a growing need for it with the increasing impacts and increasing costs of disasters. And so it's it's critically important that there's excellent educational programs at various universities across the country, across the world, uh, excellent student chapters for organizations such as IAEM, uh, faculty who are ready to pour in and invest as much as someone like Professor McDaniel is ready to pour in and invest in the next generation of emergency managers. And so there's only going to be increasing need for it and therefore increasing need for professionalization. Professor McDaniel. Yeah. So I, to add uh, a little bit to that, um, one of the, it's no, it's, it should be no surprise to anybody that, uh, that uh, we've seen a downsizing, uh, certainly um, from our state in Florida, I dare say across the nation, in uh, in government and government services. Government is becoming expensive, uh, and indeed, uh, we've seen a, a a curtailing of that to to help keep people's taxes reasonable. But what that also means is is that 
Although there may be a capability to do something, there might not be the capacity to do as much of it. Uh, and so uh, it's no surprise to anybody who keeps up with it. FEMA has gone over the last 10 years from responding to a couple hundred uh, federally declared disasters a year to uh, literally a couple of thousand now. Uh, and they are overrun. Uh, they, it is everything they can do just to keep up. The same is starting to become true in state and local governments as well. Um, with the pressure to do for government not to expand, to keep taxes lower, um, the, the capability is still there to respond to disasters. But the capacity to respond to very large ones or a number of disasters at the same time is just not there anymore. Uh, and so... Uh, my sense, and this is a personal um, observation, my sense is, is that the privatization of emergency management, the private sector uh, consulting companies, many of which have been mentioned in this podcast already, um, are going to take an, a large and increasing role uh, in what, uh, is, uh, what, how we're going to respond to disasters because government just can't afford to keep a capacity to do that that it only uses infrequently, right? Or during surge time. And COVID is a perfect example of that, right? Um, the private sector was a, an enormous part of keeping things running and getting people tested and getting people vaccine um, during, uh, during this pandemic. And the same is true, gonna be true of other disasters as well. We're already seeing it in Florida. Uh, and so, um, I, although traditionally emergency management has focused on um, on the government side of things. Uh, I see the government being much more, much, much more of a coordinating factor in the use of private uh, sector, uh, emergency management consulting capabilities, whether that be um, in expertise, whether that be in resources whatsoever, uh, rather than um, using uh, state, local, and federal resources to deal with those because Probably just not going to be enough of them, um, and so I, that's really something I see is, is 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 coming in the future. If Florida is the example, Florida's population has tripled in the in the twenty five years that I've been practicing emergency management in uh, in Florida, and uh, there has been a corresponding twenty five percent reduction in uh, the size of state government during that same time frame. We still can do it. We just don't have a large capacity to do it. And we'll have to turn to the private sector uh, uh, partners to help us get through it. Well, that's, a, I mean, that's an interesting, uh, that's, you know, it's interesting to hear. I mean, ultimately, personally, I, I hope that's not the case. I hope we don't rely solely on on um, contractors to come out. I feel like our, our not only our, our federal government, our state governments, our, our city governments, our county governments, they all need to be stepping up and, and uh, taking on these these roles. And I don't feel enough of them do. Uh, I definitely don't feel, but one of the reasons why I feel is it's the individuals that are in the job or not in the job because they're in the job for the wrong reasons or they're retired fire, PD, military, and they don't really know emergency management. There becomes a level of, of um, responsibility that is then placed on us as the practitioner to put ourselves out there. And as you both have mentioned, and what was undeniable is that the need for emergency management and emergency management practitioners uh, is definitely relevant and it's gonna continue to go up. But it's those that are in the job now that really need to make the uh, the step forward to say, hey, look at what, what it is that we do, why it's important and how we can do it better. 
because I know we, we definitely haven't done it well at good enough. And uh, one, I mean, if you don't, if you if you've heard me talk before, I am a huge proponent of mitigation, prevention, and preparedness over response um, as a capability because of response, you're always going to need it. It's always going to be there, but the level of response needed to respond to some of these things can be greatly reduced if we would do mitigation, preparedness, and prevention activities up front. And these are things I feel that the emergency, the, the future of emergency management is going to be heavily reliant on. And not only that, as you mentioned there, we can't afford it, right? But there, there's there's an aspect of we do these things up front, the back end and the expense that's there is going to be drastically reduced. And but it's hard to it's hard to spend money on things you might not see, right? We see response, we see it there, we know it's there, it's it's in front of us. We can justify spending money on it versus all the all the money we potentially could be using towards mitigation, prevention, and preparedness that you may not potentially see in the back end. It's hard, and it's one. It's going to be up to the the future of emergency management practitioners to to justify and educate uh, those in government on why it's important. But, uh, hey, I, my I, turn it back over to you. Well, I'm just going to say, if I could turn this full circle, then um, it's incumbent upon us as a career field to make sure that. Um, that our senior executive and elected officials uh, within government recognize the value that we bring. Um, and that that's just not something that's there all the time. So consequently, uh, that it, to bring it full circle, that's why it's important that young people um, that are participating in the IM chapter uh, at FSU and the International Association of Emergency Managers, which does take uh, steps to educate uh, our elected uh, leadership, our senior appointed leaders in government to understand how things work and why they work the way that they do. I'd also uh, love to uh, say that uh, we have an opportunity at FSU um, with NEMA, the National Emergency Management Association, which is, um, uh, which is of course, the association of all uh, the senior leadership at FEMA and the state directors. Uh, and we uh, regularly take students there to that conference and provide uh, some social media help as well as some meeting uh, agenda and notes taking help uh, that is then distributed to the uh, to the to the membership. Um, and so these are the kind of things though that are great about higher ed because we've got these young educated uh, students who at some point uh, down the road might be leaving this country and uh, we need them to understand the importance of what it is that we do in the community. So you're absolutely right. Very much. So. Thank you for that. Well, you know, we're coming to, we're coming to the end of the show and I want to give you guys the opportunity to uh, let people know where they can come find you, how they can, how they can engage with you, how they can participate in the program and how they can potentially uh, enroll in some of your programs. So let me uh, for, first uh, roll it out to uh, Professor McDaniel for how someone could uh, potentially enroll in your programs and find you guys online and, then I'd like to transition to Stefan, how they can engage with the student chapter at Florida State. Well, uh, and thank you for that, Dan. We really appreciate this opportunity. And please tell Todd that uh, that we appreciate it as well. We hope you get to talk to him again soon. Uh, I just changed my name on the screen here to the address of our website, uh, which is em.fsu.edu. We have uh, a website that we're rather proud of. Um, and anyone who is interested in what it is that we're doing at FSU, uh, and how we're doing it within the Emergency Management and Homeland Security Program uh, and, can, and can see it there. I'd also encourage people to uh, look up our uh, the Center for Disaster Risk Policy. That is our research arm. That is our 
practitioner side arm. Uh, and uh, um, uh, we do some pretty cool things out there and we keep our hand in the business by really responding to disasters. Um, and so, uh, uh, again, thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. Go ahead, Stefan. Sure. So um, if someone would like to get involved or get in touch with our chapter, they can email us. It'll be IAEMATFSU at gmail.com, right? IAEMATFSU at gmail.com. Uh, we can get you on the email list. Uh, all of our emails and the email signature at the bottom have links to all of our social media. We have a Facebook group. We have a Twitter. We have an Instagram. We actually have a YouTube channel where uh, recordings of our, our, of our meetings, recordings of our speakers are put up. Uh, we have a, a page on Knoll Central, which is FSU's student organization database. Um, also, there's we have a section on the FSU EMHS site. There's a link on there that also leads to the Facebook group. Um, and so I'd say e just simply emailing us will be the quickest way to find out about all of our social media gateways. Um, and yeah, we'd love for people to get in touch. We'd love for people to, you know, if they're at FSU, of course, we'd love for them to get in touch. Even if they're not at FSU, you know, still get in touch, check out some of those recordings. We can, people can easily contact some of our past speakers uh, by checking out those recordings. A lot, there's a lot of the contact info in the, the descriptions. Uh, those speakers will be sure to engage more people interested in them, their careers, their firms. And uh, yeah, I really hope more people check into it because we're only going to be growing and getting better this year. We're going to be, we're so excited to be, you know, getting ready to market, uh, excuse me, table at Market Wednesday events that FSU does, uh, which is where a lot of student organizations go to promote themselves. The involvement fair, we're going to put flyers all over campus. And so it's even going to get better to get more involved. So yeah, check it out. Very, very, very cool. Um, I'm going to uh, go ahead and close out the show now. I want you to just ultimately thank you. Uh, for your effort, your time is the most valuable resource you can give to anyone. I appreciate you giving us your time today. Uh, hang around while I, so I can say a proper thank you and, and goodbye at the end of the show. Um, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to uh, watch or listen to the EM Weekly Podcast. Find us on uh, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on uh, Crisis Cafe. Um, check out our, our um, webinars that we have posted as well. Get registered for those. We have one later on today. If you're not registered, uh, get on there. We're going to be on at 11 o'clock. Um, uh, so go ahead and register for that. We are proud to bring um, these type of uh, conversations to us, uh, to you really, um, for the future of emergency management and students as it relates to um, the making the, the emergency management profession that much better. I am Daniel Scott, filling in for Todd DeVoe, and we'll see you next time.